guys, welcome back to According To. I'm Megan. And I'm Sierra. For this week's episode, Megan and I thought it would be fun to talk about kind of our job hunting, post-graduation timeline, experience, potential tips and tricks if we have any. Yeah, so we will jump into that in a moment. Um, we always like to do kind of quick catch-ups just with what's been going on in our life the past week since we last recorded. Um, so sometimes we'll do book catch-ups, sometimes we'll do our weekly spotlights. Well, we always do our weekly spotlights, but um, what just honestly everything? whatever comes to mind. Um, so, weekly spotlight. You have anything that comes to mind? Mine, I mean, semi-related to the topic of this episode is that I worked for a full five days last week. How'd that feel? It was fine, actually. Good. I've been, actually, my jealousy hasn't been, like, as bad as... I was expecting it to be with like me having to like work and then Sierra would be just like doing whatever for the first two weeks that I was working. Yeah. Um, mostly because I feel like I had just I had just been doing that with you and I was like, I'm literally doing nothing all day. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I think I've had my fix of doing nothing all day. And you know, sometimes it's fun to sit and read my day away because I, I got so much reading done. Something that we could talk about though if we wanted to like get into it is like when people are full-time influencers and, like, not to say that they don't do anything. I'm sure we we were doing less than what a lot of them do. But I feel like, I mean, in the back of your mind at some point, have you ever been like, oh, like, if I was a full-time influencer, like, what would I be doing? I'd certainly have to be, like, doing more than what we were doing. Yeah. Because we were not doing a whole lot at all. I agree. Um, But I guess my weekly spotlight, I'll say, was um, on Friday I got done pretty early at, like, I don't know. It was like just before three o'clock, but I was happy with that. So good stuff. Um, do you have a my, book catch yeah. up? Yeah. So I just finished a book. I finished um, before, before we were strangers. strangers. I keep wanting to Megan say. Megan drives me crazy with not remembering the name of anything ever. I kept Maybe wanting to say book. when we were strangers and that's not the name. Um, and I really liked it. It was a romance where the beginning of the book is like present time and it kind of sets the scene and um then the characters end up like seeing each other but like they don't have like they can't like she's like, going away on a train she just like turns around like they see each other again they haven't seen each other in like 15 years so then it jumps back in the first part of the book is kind of like when they met in college and like going through their whole relationship then and then the second part of the book is like it jumps back to present time and them reconnecting and I really liked it. I think I finished it in two or three days, and I rated it four stars, but it was good. So um, I think that's my only new one. I don't know if I have a ton to catch you guys up on, because I think the book that I'm reading now is A Flicker in the Dark by Stacey Willingham, and I don't know if I caught you guys up on the last book that I read before that. If I can check my Goodreads quick. Hold on. I've been kind of slow lately um today tonight tomorrow and then I read one of us is lying oh, I guess I I read um tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow hmm. Megan had some not <clears> hot <throat> takes but I was a little underwhelmed slash disappointed with the book just because I felt like it had such high expectations going into it um like everyone was rating it like five stars I feel like and so I still gave it four stars because I respected what the author did and there weren't things about it that like annoyed me per se just maybe I just wasn't didn't necessarily like find it super intriguing and like I was just like wanting to finish the book until like the very end especially like the very last couple chapters I thought were like extremely long and unnecessary and Sierra has a different experience than I did because I I think I kind of maybe figured out what was already going on a little bit so I was like why is this chapter 40 pages long just cut to the chase and so yeah I still give it four stars so it is a good book um yeah you stepped out, like, not to say you don't ever step outside of the realm of romance, but I feel like you read a lot more, like, romance. Like, it's it takes like, up a larger percentage of what you read. It's so quick to get through that it makes me feel really accomplished because, like, my reading just, like, stays really consistent and, yeah, so. Like, if we were, unfortunately, Goodreads doesn't have this feature, and I know Storygraph does, but I don't want to get started with another book app. But it'd be interesting to see, like, between the two of us, our breakdown and percentages for the different genres well, of what books. what if you just go to the books you've read this read. year and count how many... Because we've both read, like, you've read 20 books, I read 19, so, like, it's pretty... 
similar. So if I count how many of my books that I've read so far this year are romance. While you're doing that, because I feel like we can't both do it at the same time while we're in the middle of podcasting. Um, so I read, I think I'm just going to cover the last like two books that I read and then I'm reading. Are you counting The Lost Ticket as a romance? I don't know. Maybe. 12 or 13 is what I did out of my 19. Okay. But that's seven that weren't. Let me look at mine. So counting the ones that are romance. Yeah. I had some mystery in there. I had some sci-fi. I had general fiction. Read fast or six or seven. <laughs> okay. So you've read more not than romance. Okay. So one of us is lying. I gave four stars. And then today, tonight, tomorrow, I gave four stars. That one's a romance. That one's like a YA romance. And I think I'm realizing, because I feel like I've read three YA romances this year. And I'm like, maybe I just am not like a YA romance, like Stan. Like, I think I gave all of them four stars. But the high school backdrop, I'm just like, it means nothing to me anymore. Like, you know, and I feel like this is a common thing in YA books because they're targeted for mostly children, children in high school. <laughs> Young adults, teenagers in high school. Um, young adult romance is targeted for young adults. Yeah. Um, but, like, with the high school backdrop, one, they kind of all start to feel the same. And then, two, they're focused on, like, just, like, the high school cliches of, you know, who's popular, the who's who, the different cliques, and all this stuff. And, like, I'm so far removed from that that I just don't really care or relate to that stuff anymore. And so it makes it, like, harder to get through in that sense. So... We also finally had Maggie finish reading Project Hail Mary. Oh, yeah. Um, we had been Hounding her. screaming at her to finish reading that book because she owned a copy of it for such a long time but just never got around to reading it. And then finally when football season finished up, she was like, okay, I'm finally going to give it a go. And she rated it 4.75, which, you know, it wasn't a five-star, which is what every single other person that we've got to read it has rated it. But I was still pretty pleased with that she said it was a great book she loved the characters just like we did but like it is at some points a pretty science heavy book so it kind of lost her a little bit there I still think for the most part it is approachable science where it's complicated but I think the author does a good job of like breaking it down I feel like the Martian was more science complicated where I kind of skimmed through stuff like I'm just I'm like trust you and I'm okay I trust that that works I'm skipping to over here Mm mm-hmm um, and then now I just, I had to bring it up because I was on Goodreads and I am now friends with Sam on Goodreads. And so it, she sent the book back with him after he visited Maggie in Cincinnati and he updated it this morning. He was on page like 217. Nice. And I'm just like, I'm actually impressed with how much he's reading because I, I know he's not like a big reader. Same as Maggie's boyfriend, if you don't know. Um, but he doesn't like regularly read. We were and just so, like, we've convinced everyone <laughs> around us to read this book. And same if you're listening we have read gotten it. people who have reached out or DM'd us saying that they have picked up the book and are reading it because we suggested it and that everyone has said that they've loved it, okay? So, so I'm just saying. Trust our judgment. Trust our judgment. Trust like the million other people that read it on Goodreads. It's a great book. Okay. Um, anything this week that's happened that you want to catch people up on? We are prepping to do our according to photo shoot hopefully at some point this weekend. We have not like everything we need, but like pretty Basically. much everything we need so yeah we're excited we're I'm hoping excited. i'm hopeful like it'll be interesting to see how it turns out with just the two of us running the show yeah but we're gonna try our best um i think otherwise the women's basketball team made it to the oh, elite yeah. eight we watched that game yesterday every we're other iowa again. team that was in march madness is out except for the iowa women's basketball team so. and so they play again on sunday so this will already like have you know passed and by the time this is over with but I'm really rooting for them. I have them winning it all just because I had them going so far. I was like, I might as well yeah, I do too. have them go all the way. Like, realistically, like, they could go, you know, far. So then at that point, I was like, I mean, we might as well just send it and go for the championship. So that's what I have them yeah. at as well. Otherwise, um, men's tournament stuff, like, my bracket has been horrible. But, like, the fact that all of the number one seeds are out. My, uh, I had Houston winning it all. They just lost yesterday as we're recording this. We weren't so. even watching the game. No. I knew it was going on, though. But then, like, the women's team was playing. And I cared so had more about that. that. Um, I just wanted to kind of keep tabs on Houston. And then I forgot until it was, like, after 
it was over and i was like i'm looking it up and i hope that they they lost so yeah that's kind of it i'm like i'm not gonna go into like a whole basketball segment so yeah okay well to recap um for those of you unfamiliar i feel like most of you probably do remember but we graduated in december from the university of iowa with our dpt and that qualified us to be able to take the state licensure exam for physical therapy and they have different exams at different points in the year is there like three times they have it a year so um it has to be like a set date so you can either most people take it after they graduate some people can take it before they graduate yeah so you technically if you get approval from your school you could take it i think like 90 days before you graduate um our school really didn't encourage anyone to do that because there was an option like in theory that meant some some people in our class could have taken it in october i don't think anyone did our program basically straight up said like please don't just like wait and take it in january so you have like just a dedicated month where you can study um and then a lot of people that graduate in may which is like if um you're in a program that's three years which is what most of them are then most people do graduate in may i think a fair number of people will take it in april before they graduate um I personally think that'd be a lot of... Especially since... This is what I don't get about how other programs are set up. It seems like they're, like, during clinical rotations, before graduation, like, that's when the exam hits. And I'm like, that would be so stressful. Like, I love that we graduated, we were all done, no clinical rotations, and we still had a month Mm -hmm. to have, like, dedicated studying time for it. I can't imagine trying to balance clinical, studying on top of that, and then, like, prepping for graduation. It'd be a lot. Otherwise, if people graduate in May, I think that they otherwise take it in July, I'm pretty sure. I don't really know. I don't have to worry about it because that's not when I was graduating. But um, if I were to, like, suggest one option over the other, I would say wait and take it after you graduate just because then you're not too overwhelmed. But some people really want to, like, just get it done. And when they graduate, like, they want to have a job and start making money. But I'm kind of like, at the end of the day, you want a pass or two at the most after like is it really gonna make that much of a difference and I just also think like you have been in school so long don't you just want a, a break, little bit of a break a yeah. little bit um do some traveling do like a couple other things before you're just like in the working world anyway so then we took our boards and then after that is when we started job hunting and I will say like our timeline probably is way skewed from what other people in our class even did. I think it's definitely different than, like, what I thought I was going to end up doing before, like, what actually happened. And so I think that, you know, if you asked me, like, a year ago what my plan was for, like, my job hunting timeline, I probably would have said, like, oh, I hope that I have a job, like, by the end of the year, being the end of 2022, like, lined up and stuff. And that didn't happen. I think in part because, obviously, like, a lot of... um job interviews and stuff have some sort of in-person component and with our grandpa passing away and like all the time energy whatever dedicated to that um and like having to take days off to like like we didn't have options like i know other people in our class i think got like up to three days or something off to take if they were doing job interviews or something i'd taken six days i had to make up three and i just didn't want to take any more time off not to mention i had to like again make up the days that i had missed some of them so i was like and I was in Cedar Rapids. I didn't want a job in Cedar Rapids. I was like, there's no way I can even think about doing an in-person interview. And like, I'm working during the day. I can't do like a phone interview during regular work hours. So then I was like, okay, I'm definitely not getting a job before graduation. It's mm-hmm. kind of like what I ended up settling on by the end of the year, which wasn't my plan, but I was like, it's fine. Then I thought, did you have like anything? Like, did you think you were going to do job hunting before I, graduation? Or I kind of think that I didn't have a whole like preconceived idea. I think I thought that I would do a good like I think I thought I would start when I finished graduating and then I was like prepping for the MPT and I was going to use that month to really focus on studying and also job searching so okay so then we get to January we're doing our studying not to say I wasn't like looking at jobs here and there because I was but I definitely like wasn't actively doing anything keep in mind we had a trip to Hawaii planned for end of January right after we, right after we finished boards and then beginning of February And so it eventually like got so close to boards that I was like, if I start applying and stuff, they're going to be reaching out to me when I'm on vacation and stuff. And I don't want to have to deal with like time zone differences and stuff. I also got to a point where like when we were getting so close to boards, obviously any job offer you get is contingent on you passing boards. 
and I was getting to a point where I was like maybe I just like wait until I like have officially passed boards like the longer I pushed it off the more I was like even more reason to just like actually push it off and not feel bad about it and to be honest like there were a couple jobs that were posted that I was like maybe interested in or bookmarking but I felt okay just continuing to wait to see what else Mm -hmm. would pop up and I think all of this to say like there is no right or wrong timeline I feel like the longer you push something off you kind of like get this like internal guilt of like Oh, like, I know so many other people have their job lined up. Like, should I have a job lined up? Like, there is I know, no, like, should you do whatever? There were some people in our class who had their jobs lined up, like, over the summer. Like, a couple months after we had, like, left the classroom. And so it's, like, eight months out. And they've got their job lined up. There were, um, probably I would say at least half the class did have a job lined up when we had went back to do graduation. But there was also still kind of more than I was expecting who, like, hadn't really you know decided what they were the doing job hunting process so i didn't feel like completely alone when we went back yeah so and some people were like gonna move somewhere else and so it was like they had like all of that to figure out too and they were maybe like waiting until they were actually there in person to kind of dive into the job hunt mm-hmm. but i just wanted to emphasize that there is no right or wrong timeline obviously we're talking about something very specific to us being in the pt field but i think there's even that pressure when people graduate college to have a job lined up by the time you graduate Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't yeah and so then people are like I feel like a failure that I graduated college and I don't have a job and it's like you're on your own timeline like obviously try and just take care of yourself you want to you know a job is necessary for most people to make money and live life um but give yourself some grace to take that time if you need it and are able to Mm -hmm. okay um what resources did we use when we were job hunting um honestly we'd used a lot of like the very basic things that probably everyone uses I used Indeed a lot um I used LinkedIn I was probably checking most things like on a daily basis and then I ended up just like signing up for like the daily email notifications so like I would know if something new came up because I was getting tired of just like going to the websites and searching every Mm -hmm. day So, um, a little bit of that. We also, our program, um, if they had people reaching out to them who had jobs opening and they wanted to let former alumni or recent graduates know, we would get emails for that. None of them, like, I didn't ever really consider a lot of them because a lot of them would be, like, out of the state or something, somewhere completely different that I was, like, not going to do. But, you know, helpful, I guess. Kept your eye open. Um, yeah, I used a lot of the same resources. I mean, I definitely would also just, like, Google stuff, and then that kind of, like, it compiles listings from multiple different websites. Um, the annoying thing for that is sometimes it's the same job that's, like, posted mm-hmm. across different websites, and so you think there's more out there than there is. Or another thing you can do is if you have a specific company that you're looking for, go to their specific website that they have their careers posted on and try to see what's on there, because some of them will do that rather than posting on something like Indeed or Glassdoor or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's how I found all of the places that I ended up applying to. I applied everywhere online. Yeah. Um, I didn't call or reach out to anyone on my own, but I have heard of um, like one of the PTs at my last rotation told me that he wanted to work at a specific place and he just like emailed or called them and like let it be known that he was really interested in working there. And they said they didn't have a position available, but then, like, two weeks later, they called him saying, like, actually, we're thinking of hiring someone. So, like, you know, as long as it's done in a professional manner and, like, you just put your name out there, there's no, like, they're not going to dock you for that. If anything, I think the initiative and interest, like, highlights how much you want to work there, Yeah, you know. Next, we can talk about resumes a little bit um, because resumes are a hot topic. And honestly, it still amazes me how poorly some people still like create resumes and I'm not even trying to say my resume is like the hottest resume to ever hit the shelves but some people's resumes are just very surprising to look at and so I know there's like a bunch of people talking about like oh should your resume like have your picture on it should it have like colorful stuff and whatever it definitely depends on the field you're going into I have only ever heard people say like graphic design is where you should have a resume that looks a little nicer is not really like nicer but you know like has design elements every other I cannot think of a single other job where you need to have a resume that looks like that and I've also heard I've by heard I mean I've seen one comment on one TikTok but someone was showing their resume and had a picture of them and someone said that 
when they get resumes with pictures of the person on it, they have to throw those out because it's like a DEI thing where that's like they're not supposed to like judge people based yeah. on how they look. So I've um, never really seen a ton of resumes with uh, pictures on it, but just a warning. Um, so what was nice was that when we our last semester that we had classes, we had a um, like business management admin class that we worked on creating our resumes so that when we were applying for jobs, we hopefully wouldn't have to like start from scratch, which I have to say was very nice because I did not want, I did actually redo the format of mine a little bit because I wanted to change a few things up, but it was nice that I had basically like all the content there Mm -hmm. and, um, editing resumes is one of my least favorite things, like because actual format wise, I must not be very smart on like word because like there has to be an easier way to do all and that just stuff space barring until your yeah. dates are on the right but, side of the sheet um here's what I did as a new grad just like generally speaking because obviously we're going into a position where like this is our first job as a physical therapist and so um what we did and what most people I think do is like they talk about like their previous clinical experiences and go into that you could include former employment if you want I actually didn't on mine um, but I had my former clinical stuff, my research experiences, and then also, um, like some related volunteer stuff that I did in grad school. And I was, I mean, it seemed fine. Mm-hmm. Also like schooling should be on the top. Yeah. So we had both our undergrad and DPT degree on there. Um, your highest level of education should be at the very top. Um, otherwise just like small little things that I think everyone should, like, pay attention to when they're doing the resume. One, make sure that, like, it's consistent all the way down, whether that's fonts, whether that's spacing between bullet points. Always, like, make sure that you're, you're using the same tense when you're saying what you did at your job. Most of the time, you should be using past tense because you did this at your job. And so, don't have some, something being, like, weighted tables, blah, 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 and then said, like, uh, I would cook for something I don't know I'm trying to think of two different tenses for a sentence and I don't even know what job I'm thinking of right now but just keep it all the same tense um and then there was one job that I applied to that I need reference I needed references and so I reached out to two of my CIs that I had and then also our former gymnastics coach I don't even know if they ended up calling them but always I, make sure you contact sure. your references that you are using because they're gonna be really confused if they get a call from someone being like oh like so and so write you down as a reference and even if they would be like happy to do it they might just be like a little caught off guard yeah definitely reach out first so yeah they're aware that you did that and that if someone does call they're not confused or like it even just gives them time to like think of something like if they haven't seen you in a while Mm -hmm. like to think of something like oh like I remember that you know so and so did this when we worked together and like I can bring that up but like if you're if they're getting a cold call from someone like asking for reference they're like um let me think one second like I don't really remember so yeah um getting into is it time for like the phone interview process is that well I had it kind of first we could talk about what we were looking for in different positions and you know what things that we'd be like okay I'll save this position position for later I'll maybe apply to it um so I have like different things one um was salary which is kind of hard because like you don't always know how accurate um, the salary that they're posting or claiming for a job is going to actually be appropriate. Especially if it's um, a lot of websites will do estimators of like based off of like, similar yeah, postings. Not, don't trust that. Like, um, first of all, it's such a wide range usually. And then it's not coming from the actual company itself. So you don't know if that's even close yeah. to accurate. I'm not going to get into like what either of us are getting paid. But I do. I was kind of looking for a position that was going to be paid hourly um and when we were in school that was something that one of our professors had said like if you can get paid hourly she would suggest doing that um and then I was looking at specific settings too so you know I was kind of leaning more towards inpatient just because I liked the more flexible hours and scheduling and just like I feel you have a little bit more control over how your day-to-day goes so there were a lot of you know outpatient Um, positions and I was like you know staying open to them but I was really trying to hone in on inpatient stuff I knew I was not gonna work at like an athletic or like ATI no offense to those companies but it's just like 
the productivity for those companies is kind of insane and there are good outpatient places to work that's the other thing i was gonna say this is like definitely specific for like pt or you know something that has like a productivity standard where you're working with like clients and patients and stuff but a lot of outpatient clinics like i would if you're looking at jobs i would ask what their productivity expectations are because some of them are so crazy high. Like you're literally overlapping patients. I would never, ever, ever work somewhere where you were over- overlapping patients. I don't know. One patient is enough for my brain right now. I can't do like two or three patients at one time. It's not possible. Um, and some would argue unethical, but you know. I was also kind of looking at more um, like specialty outpatient settings. So um, there are some places around the Des Moines area that are like maybe like more bounce specific or, you know, things like that. Those were things that I was looking you know, keeping my eye on if anything was going to get posted, but, like, they're not everywhere, so, like, I didn't really see anything, but, like, if I had, I think I would have been open to something like that as well. I also feel like I should know, like, my job searching process might not necessarily even be done because I'm kind of finishing up uh, my PRN orientation stuff right now, and I may have to get another job. I don't know what hours that would require, whether it's full-time, part-time, another PRN, but that's still something that I'm trying to figure out right now. So I'm not acting like I have my life all figured out right now. Mm-hmm. Another thing was kind of feeling out the, the vibe of the company, the team you'd be working with. Um, I actually didn't have any in-person interviews, which I was expecting to. Um, but I felt like when I was on the phone with the position that I ended up taking, slash like I had already looked at their website and like their company values and stuff, I felt like they fit pretty well with, you know, what I think is important and having now actually worked there for like three weeks, I do think that I mesh well she with the team. She knows everything now. I know everything now. Three weeks in. Um, but like there was a couple of phone interviews where like I just kind of didn't get a vibe where I was like I could see myself working here. And so as best you can, you just kind of want to trust your gut a little bit and not necessarily jump on something because it's going well and they're continuing to like move you like, further on if you feel process. like oh this is good because they still want me you have to still ask yourself like do you still want them do you still want to work there like to be honest I think almost any of the positions I was applying for I probably could have gone all the way just because like if they're like not having anyone apply for the position and I'm the only one there they're probably going to take me unless they have like some huge major red flag um I just got the impression like they weren't those the postings had been up for a while so I didn't know how much traction or applications they were getting so I kind of had to take a step back and say, do I want to continue pursuing this position or not? And so, yeah. Um, next thing was like the hours that they were going to have for working. Um, there was one position that I was applying to that was acute care. and I ended up finding out it was going to be like a, a Tuesday to Saturday. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. So mm-hmm. that was kind of like an immediate out a lot of outpatient clinics too. Yeah, like, there was, I was looking at some outpatient some stuff. Like, I had even like, not really started the interview process, but I had like sent an application and like was kind of an email correspondence with someone. And they were like, hey, just, you know, like for this clinic, we kind of expect like you to alternate your hours between like working until 6 p.m. a couple of days and like have occasional Saturdays. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. I, what I learned was because one of my clinical rotations, I had, variable scheduling just like my hours depended on like the day of the week so some days it was like six to three and then other days it was um like nine to six and I what I realized is like more than just like one extreme over the other I hated the alternating hours because like then I didn't know know what was going on entirely the days where I got done at 6 p.m and I had to be there at 6 a.m the next morning like actually like hurt my soul a little bit and so I was just like I'm not doing that just I can't be doing Mm -hmm. that so so try and be realistic with yourself I feel like sometimes it's easy to have like rose-colored glasses when you're like this job is perfect you know here 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 and here but I'm just gonna ignore like this one thing over here like if you don't think you can do it long term it's great being off at three but like I also know myself and I'm not really a morning person so getting up at five not great for me and then also like getting up at five to like go work out is one thing getting up at five to be at work at six and then also like if you have to work out later that day I don't know. I just, I realized I was kind of like, you know, it makes me feel more productive if I am going to work out. I could have done it. I could get it done in the morning. So that means I have to start work a little later, even if I am then getting off, not at three, but, um, hours were a big thing that I was like, what exactly am I agreeing to? 
Um, and then this was like a bonus that I kind of thought of when I was thinking of stuff. Uh, I guess adding to that was like flexible hours or the ability to, um, at least with depending on the inpatient schedule, like I know acute care, you have your certain patients that you're seeing that day and you don't necessarily have like a set amount of time you're working with them. And then same with um, the setting that I'm in. So it's kind of like once you get your patient list done for the day, you're out of there. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Um, and inpatient rehab is different. They have to have usually like a set amount of time with patients. Yeah. They have um, set schedules. So that was something that I liked. And then also just like dress code. I personally like wearing scrubs or just like things that are comfy. Um, business casual isn't really my favorite. So like that's just like another small small thing yeah but like was that the end all no. end all be all of megan's job hunting process or mine no but you know but, you know it, it is a plus yeah <laughs> so um those were kind of the different things that we were looking for anything that you can think of that was like if you saw that you were like absolutely not going to apply to a position or well this is like i'm un- kind of unrelated but like there's a lot of travel contracts out right now it's yeah. hard to like weed those out and then i'd be like well i'm not looking for a travel contract i'm I have seen, this is like kind of unrelated to the conversation, but I've seen like a lot of travel nurses, mostly on TikTok, where they'll take travel contacts, contracts within no, yeah. the area they yeah, live. Yeah. But then it's kind of weird because you have to change travel com- companies a lot. And I feel like that's frowned upon, but because travel people usually get paid more. And so like they would be essentially like working full time locally. So they don't have to worry about travel and stipends and stuff, which I didn't know then if they got paid the stipend and stuff that they usually get for travel. I don't know. That's confused me, but, honestly, but I've seen stuff about that yeah i've heard people say like logistically and like with taxes and stuff it's a slippery slope so i don't know okay next i figured we could jump into kind of like each of the listings and kind of like when we pursued them what that interview job process was like Mm -hmm. and then yeah i believe that throughout my process so far i applied to four places if that sounds right um two of them stopped after well one like uh was an outpatient clinic the one I talked about with the hours and that like stopped with like email correspondence like I never did an official interview or anything because I was like yeah I don't think that this is gonna work out because the hours were something that I didn't want to commit to um another one was another PRM position I was applying to a couple different PRM positions and so the one that I got hired at like had reached out to me and like I was pretty much already hired at that point by the time the second PRN company even like reached back out to me after my initial application that I sent in um and it was also for they had an inpatient and an outpatient clinic and I had applied for the inpatient one they reached back out to me for like the outpatient one and then I was just like I just don't know like right now with like all the PRN stuff going on like I kind of wanted to pause on that and so um I think they called me and I just like didn't call them back because they were like if you want to like learn more about the outpatient one like call us back or something so I didn't um, and then the other one that I applied to was, oh, it was for a sniff. This one was kind of weird because I like had gone through some interview stuff and then like I went for a facility tour and then I just never heard anything again. I was gonna, I was just gonna be like, did they just like ghost you after that? Yeah. Which then like part of me was like, should I reach back out to them? Cause I know a lot of people do, but then like I also, I also hadn't decided at that point if I like wanted to actually work there. So I was like, it'd be weird if I reached out. And they're like, oh, yeah, do you want the job? And I'd be like, no. Yeah. You know? So I was, like, just kind of waiting to see if they'd reach back out. And they just never did. Um, so the first one I think that I applied to um, was probably, like, the acute care one. Or, like, I didn't necessarily actually apply. I was, like, getting more information. That's Some of these postings on oh, the job God. websites are so vague that I'm, like, reaching out because I maybe want to apply. But I don't even fully know what I'm applying for. It's so annoying. And you don't so, know where you're – when it's especially if it's a, like – website or company that like post listing for other companies and they're like work for this amazing like you know do, you locally Des Moines why don't you hospital say the name? and it's like where am I applying to where am I gonna work that's what I want to know it's right. so annoying um and then as soon as I found out the schedule was Tuesday to Saturday I was like count me out sorry um then I also applied to this was one of those like the listing was so vague but it was like one of the only other acute care inpatient positions I was seeing and so I applied to it to try and get more information. Um, and then this was this was listed through a recruiting company, which some of them do that. So it wasn't actually like with the company. So I got called 
you know, kind of like I did like two phone screens. Megan went through like process. a rabbit hole with this one. Yeah. I did two like 10, 15 minute phone screens with two different people at this recruiting company. So I wasn't even talking to like who would be hiring me at the end of the day. And the phone screens were like the exact same, completely pointless. It basically was like they would give me some information, but like they didn't work for the company or know much else except for like the location and the setting. And so they'd be like, I don't know much else. Um, and I, it was just really hard to like get information. So I kind of like agreed to continue going through the process to be like, okay, like what I am I applying to more, I guess. So after doing two phone screens, I got set up with like an actual phone interview with someone who actually worked there. I found out that it was combined inpatient and home health, which I didn't know. Um, and I didn't really want to do home health. So at that point I was kind of like, okay, I don't really know if I want to do that. And then it was also interesting because keep in mind, this was posted through a recruiting company's page. That's how I found the job. It wasn't posted anywhere else on like Indeed, just like by the company itself. Okay. I didn't, otherwise I wouldn't have known about this job. And so when I was on the phone, the guy that was interviewing me was like, so does your, so does I would tell you to like try going through a recruiting company or what? And I was kind of just confused because I was like, well, no, like they just, I was like, I saw a job posting I applied that I decided to go through the recruiting company and I didn't, that's just how I found the job. So that's how I started applying to the job. And then I'm like, well, wouldn't you know that your company is using the recruiting company to pull people in? Because he's like, usually people will just like, you know, apply through like our own direct job listing or whatever. I was just, I was like, very confused at that point. And I was like, I, I was saw like, no job what? listing. Um, but yeah, I kind of just like after finding more out about the job and like also the location wasn't really like ideal. I decided to not continue with that one. And then um, the position that I ended up applying for is a SNF slash long-term care and um that I did like two well it was maybe like one phone screen or something with like their HR person and she actually worked with the company so I could get like a little more information um and she was very pleasant and then I did the actual like phone interview um and I thought it went pretty well and I was getting good vibes and like basically at the end of the phone call he kind of implied like because it was on a Friday he was like well I I love a Friday offer letter offer letter or something so he kind of implied to me that like I would be getting the job and later that day I did get um an offer and then I started two weeks later so yeah good stuff um for my job that I have right now I had a phone interview with the HR person I think that lasted about 45 minutes um and I was like all you know I got good vibes and stuff from that obviously I will say like when you're prepping for interviews of any kind like everyone says this but do your you know research and your work beforehand. I really, like, didn't have that many, like, behavioral type questions. Like, a lot of these were very just, like, they weren't super strict or crazy weird interviews. Like, I don't know. I would say. I feel like I had prepped so much more <laughs> for these interviews. To, like, ready hey, for whatever they were going to ask me. It's better to over And then, prepare. like, they just, like, wouldn't ask that much. So. um, I think I did have, like, a couple behavioral interview questions where it would be, like, name a time you know, whatever, mostly to do, not like they were quizzing me on like my patient care. It wasn't that type of, you know, interview question. It was a lot more related to teamwork and a professional, like disciplinary healthcare and stuff. So it wasn't like you have a patient with the T or like a C6 spinal cord injury. Like how would you treat them? Like it was not like that. Um, that would have stressed me out, (laughs) but, um, it was mostly like behavioral examples and stuff or like times you had a challenging patient like what did you do or like how do you keep them motivated whatever stuff like that that's honestly mostly general in a sense but definitely like have scenarios tucked in the back of your mind like not don't have 10 scenarios for 10 different things have three scenarios that you can use for like 10 different things Mm -hmm. so that would be my biggest piece of advice and I like genuinely went through on like I have a google doc or something where I like kind of listed out my different clinical rotations that I had and then I was like, okay, what's like a key experience that I can remember from a couple of these? And like, what remember, did that teach me or what did it show if me? If you remember like one or two or three situations like really well, then you can provide like more detail and probably like spin it a couple of different ways versus like 10 small things that like yeah. really weren't super impactful. I had one specific scenario that I thought of for my last rotation that I think I used like at two of the different interviews. 
So it's like I could spin it whatever way that they wanted it mm-hmm. done. It was my, uh, that was my key, like, interdisciplinary healthcare, like, communication bit that I had prepped. So after that phone interview, I then got an email to get set up for an in-person interview. And so that was with HR was my phone interview. And then my in-person interview was with the uh, director of therapy and, like, the therapy manager. And so that one was, like, a two-on-one. I was like, ah, a little stressed. But it was honestly, like, still a pretty quick interview. I think it took probably, like, 20 minutes. And that was mostly because they had, like, a list of questions that I think they ask, like, all their new hires because they were both, like, reading from a sheet of paper, Mm -hmm. essentially. And so um, it was, like, a couple get-to-know-you stuff, but then, like, a lot of other, like, behavioral type like name an example when mm-hmm. questions and i will say like yeah, don't I hate interviews so much i hate them too i'm like getting stressed about it again <laughs> i mean it's like oh my god i have a job why am i freaking out um i will say it was like overall pretty chill vibes and as hard as it is and like i say this is someone who like gets nervous for interviews and stuff but like try and just like stay calm cool and collected remind yourself that you're all just people and like just be yourself as best as you can like, be your best professional self. Because ultimately, like, if you if they hire you, you want to, like, get ingrained within that workplace and, like, just be part of the team. And so, like, being your most authentic self is, like, the best way that you can, re- like, recognize or they can recognize if you're good for, like, their culture and their team. Yeah. Or if, like, you're a good fit for them, like, for yourself. Um, this is also, like, just a little side note. This was on a day that there was, like, this huge, like, winter it storm. Snowed. And I was, like, freaking out I because I had to be well. there. <laughs> I had to be there at, like, 8 a.m. or something. It was, like, interview. peak, like, snow during and the morning. And they're, like, don't commute. travel during the morning hours. Like, it's the riskiest time to travel right now. Like, wind advisory. I don't know what's going on. But I, like, literally got there, like, a half hour early because and this place is not that far from where I live. But I was, like, I'm leaving, like, 45 minutes early because what if it's, like, slow traffic? What if there's, like, snow and I can't see anything? What if I'm going two miles an hour? Um, and it was fine. I got there and back in one piece um but yeah that was a fun thing like a stressful morning on top of like a stressful morning mm-hmm. it was just it's a lot of fun but then I kind of joked I was saying like what do you think stressed me out more the interview or the roads the roads, the roads stressed me out more <laughs> so I got there and I was like well shoot Ooh. I can do anything now like I just drove all the way here <laughs> yeah so I honestly feel like I was like less stressed <laughs> than I potentially would have been otherwise because I was like I'm alive <laughs> that's what matters <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if that you know calmed me down a little bit but also pick out a good outfit that you feel like good and professional in I thought my outfit was really cute that I wore into my interview good. I'm glad <laughs> so um we can also kind of touch on a little bit like what our orientation process has been like once we oh and then I got on I got the offer for that job later that same day so i was like okay if they know they know i also don't know if literally anyone else applied to that position so well it seems like you made it seem like they kind of like and they could be hiring more than one might be hiring person so um it was mostly like if you don't suck sure you can like you can be let in yeah (laughs) so i didn't suck um so for my first day um basically the entire thing was like orientation and um they had like a different little health system that they used for documentation so I had to like completely learn how to figure that out and then they had like a lot of different like videos that I had to watch for orientation it was just like a lot of that um otherwise like I was basically just like shadowing the PT whose position I was taking over and kind of like seeing how she did things seeing how she documented and she was kind of just like running me through the ropes I guess um yeah, I think that I started because, like, I – that was, like, on Monday. On on Tuesday, um, I think I started doing a couple treatments maybe, like, end of that week to see how I was doing. And then on that Friday, I had, like, four treatments, and I think that that was, like, my full time. Like, the PT that I had been with, like, wasn't there so I was, like, kind of on my own by the end of the week. But, like, I felt good and comfortable. And, like, I still wasn't on, like, a full caseload. Usually I probably have, like, six or seven patients a day. Um, so, yeah. Figured out. Well, I'm figuring out. Some of this, like, the system that they use, I'm slowly getting better and better. But, like, there's a couple things where I'm just, like, hitting myself <laughs> in the head. Because I, like, make it harder for myself than it needs to be or just whatever else there's been a couple of times where i've just been like you're kidding me <laughs> but um what's like the biggest difference you've noticed like 
between obviously like you're definitely like kind of in charge of yourself now but like that transition between student to like okay you are the pg (laughs) or here before i answer your question another thing that's new that's like it's not really anyone's fault but like you also have to recognize that like as a new grad there's like you don't know what you don't know like they have so they have specific processes for like xyz things that like they didn't um maybe like explicitly say or cover on like my official like two or three orientation days and then I find out about you know something that like they do later like after evals I found this out like this week I'm supposed to like fill out a form of like how how the like staff there's supposed to like transfer the patient and I'm supposed to like give it to like three different people and I wasn't ever told that explicitly but I also like I don't know to ask that because Mm -hmm. I don't know so it's just like you kind of you don't know what you don't know and you're gonna slowly probably figure things out and yeah mm-hmm. I think before we get, we get into like answering my question like as a new grad or new hire in any position ever I feel like you start your job and you're like oh my god like I suck at this that is the nature of starting literally any job is like feeling like you don't know anything because you aren't familiar with the processes and procedures of that specific place especially if you're a new grad you like just are you know new at everything be on your own and all that stuff and so give yourself grace because there'd be times this is like before I, you know, I'd be like chilling at home, Megan would come home and she'd like say like something that like went wrong potentially that day. And I'd be like, it's your second day. Like you are fine. You know, they expect this, like every company that hires someone expects you to not be perfect when you first mm-hmm. get hired. And so give yourself some grace with that stuff. But now to my question. What was your question? What do you think is the biggest differences you've noticed between like, you know, you're a student and now you are the PT? I would say biggest difference would probably be, I mean, you're obviously, like, you're kind of, like, by yourself. Like, I just went through, like, eight months of, like, always being with, like, my CI or something and, you know, having, like, some freedom, yes, but it's always, like, you're kind of, like, a team together. Mm -hmm. And I personally like being on my own, so I like having that separation a little bit where, like, it doesn't feel like there's, like, just someone Mm -hmm. on my shoulder or anything the whole time day sometimes it's just like the stressful part is not thinking about like am I doing this right or wrong it's just like I don't like someone watching me doing what I'm doing yeah (laughs) I don't like to be perceived um I will say like some things that have been like nice because also um I'm working at um a place where like a lot of the patients have dementia and going into that um I had some experience with patients who had dementia but I didn't know how great I would be at like literally everyone having dementia basically and I have had like I've been complimented like a couple different times by like the PTA and like how I handled like one situation just like diffusing and redirecting when a patient was getting a little upset and then like we had an eval um at the end of this week where um there was an LPN who was in the room kind of like helping me out if I needed it and like the patient was um just you had to be very like repetitive and he was getting kind of angry but like not really but like not following cues very well um but like the LPN like uh complimented me and like how I handled the situation so like that's so good feel, uh good and like I'm doing okay and that shows that you have so. like a knack for working with those kinds of patients so, so maybe you're in the right place maybe <laughs> we'll see um yeah I can't really speak much to that because like I'm still doing orientation stuff so like in a sense it does still kind of feel like I'm a student because I'm kind of like following a different PT that works there to like but I think what's nice is like you said load you've already like had specific inpatient experience you kind of like are ready to go so you were kind of saying that you know y- they yeah. were only so, having you like observe and shadow and like yeah. do what you're comfortable with and you're kind of ready to like because I'll get patient and- that so I had I worked worked all five days this week the first three days were general hospital orientation which means that every like new hire hired within the past month at that hospital goes through the same orientation so it's like nursing CNAs therapy like even I think there's like a dietitian there one day like or like a cook or something we had different lengths of orientation so I think the cook was only there like the first day but um we're all getting like the same information so it's nothing super therapy specific and then Thursday Friday since that general orientation was done I was with the therapy department so I was with a specific PT kind of like following her along seeing documentation and stuff and so like after the first day I had done like all the observing and stuff that day I didn't do any documentation or anything and then I was, like, thinking, okay, in my head, I was, like, all right, I guess, like, tomorrow there's an eval, like, I can do the eval, like, uh, or if there's, like, a treatment, I can do something, but then, like, she's, like, okay, so then tomorrow, like, maybe you document for these patients, like, I'll, like, still see them, and I was, like, okay, 
Like, it's just, I expected it to honestly, like, be thrown in more. And I feel like that's in part because, like, so many of my CIs have thrown me in to, like, the wolves well, out of love. They're like, yeah, sure. You yeah. know what I mean, though? Like, out of love, they're like, all right, so you see this person? And I'm like, okay. And so it was just interesting because I was like, oh, I was expecting, like, you take the patients tomorrow. <laughs> um, but I'm not complaining. But I am seeing patients on Monday when I go. And I feel like I'm going to kind of, like, push more for whatever I feel comfortable with seeing. So, and like you said, I have that inpatient rehab experience. I know um, another, like, new full-time hire. This is their first, like, rehab job, I think. And so they still, like, we're starting to see patients and stuff. But it's nice to have that background in my mind of, like, mm-hmm. kind of knowing how the setting works at least a little bit. I've worked in one for nine weeks, and that's what I've got. Hey, it's more than some people. Mm-hmm. Um, that was honestly kind of all I had outlined for this episode. So, um, unless you had anything else you wanted no. to chat about. Okay. I mean, I'd love to chat, but that's all, <laughs> all I had planned. Um, I'll obviously keep you guys updated with me specifically if things change about me getting another job or anything. Um, so yeah, but I did want like inpatient rehab is like kind of where I see myself. So I at least wanted to get a PR on position to get more experience, which is why, like, I feel like some people would be like, well, if you get another full-time job somewhere else, like, why bother right. with a PRN? So that was my thought process with that. Plus the pros are, I mean, hopefully you get some good hours in and then maybe it's all worth it and it works out, but it's like, you know, you don't have set vacation days because you can just be like, I'm not working that day, you know? I could. So I don't, I didn't get any paid time off either though, so. Yeah, true. I like, I feel like, I just want to be, like, so picky with, like, the 10 vacation days that I do get that I'm going to end up, like, going the whole year being, like, I didn't even, I didn't, you didn't even use any vacation time. Um, it's just, like, hard to, like, plan out how do I want to use them, but I have a year to figure it out, so. Anyways, we hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let us know if you are in, like, a new grad or changing career phase of your life and, or if you just remember, like, going through your hiring process for your current job. Let us know your trials and tribulations that you faced. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's such, like, a, not small time because some people spend a long time, like, in the job hiring process. But, like, it's such an annoying phase of life that everyone has to go through. But one wishes they were in it. Yeah, it's the worst. Um, so, just wanted to shed some light on that and share with me the experience that everyone has. And with Don't that. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch the video version. We're trying to get 2,000 subscribers there. And you can also follow us on Instagram at According To. You can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. And we will talk to you guys next Thursday. Bye.